All right, and welcome to another episode of the Guys with Feelings podcast, where two guys discuss the ideas, influences, epiphanies, and yes, the feelings that make them better men. My name is Jamin Yee. And I'm Gabe Rose. And today will be an all quick picks focused episode where we'll each share two things that we've been recommending or obsessing over lately. And to help us do that, we're joined once again by our resident lawyer and culture expert, Alan I. Alan, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you guys with feelings? Feeling lots of feelings. <laughs> yeah, lots of things. Welcome back to the show. Thanks, man. It's been too long. <laughs> yeah, well, you've been traversing, traipsing all around the world, so it's tough to keep track of you. It's true, but I'm I am back and ready to roll. Yeah, tell tell the audience a little bit about what you've been up to the last uh, four or five months or so. Um. Wow. Well, so I left my job, but didn't really quit fully. Um. Ended up just taking a leave. Uh, traveled Asia for a couple of months, and then have been back in San Francisco, hanging out with Jamin a lot, living my best life, <laughs> and just started work again on Monday. He's back at it. Back to the grind. How's it how's it feel to be back on the grind after what, four months? Five months out? Yeah, no, I think I was ready for it. It feels good. Um using my brain and being productive is very different. <laughs> and I'm like tired again. And but it's good. It's exciting to to use my brain and feel like I'm learning stuff. Have you been digging like having a schedule again? Yeah, although I think I, you know, learned from Jamin uh, in his working from home kind of experiences that even when I wasn't working, it was important to have a schedule. So I was pretty regimented and that was good. I think the hardest part is commuting now because I work about an hour away. So I have to drive each way a lot. Oh, man. Lots of time for audiobooks, I guess, which... I'm sure we'll cover coming up soon. <laughs> hmm, nice little teaser. <laughs> I'm jealous. I have like a I have like a five minute commute now to my new job, which is a blessing and a curse. The blessing is obvious, but the curse is like I just my podcast listening has been cut by ninety percent. It's really it's very sad. Yeah, and I get less random phone calls from Gabe too. Yeah, when he had a commute, <laughs> he was calling all the time. But oh man, oh boy, I didn't get it's any of problem those either way. So <laughs> <laughs> I might just start like driving around the block randomly. <laughs> all right, well, with that, let's get right into our quick picks, uh, Alan. Since you're our guest with feelings, um, why don't you take the honors and start us off with number one? Sure. So my quick pick is BoJack Horseman. It's a cartoon animated show on netflix uh about a talking horse as the name <laughs> suggests um and yeah i think i don't part know if the name suggests that <laughs> his name is bojack horseman i mean horseman horseman Horse, um, okay but read between the lines gabe okay it's I pretty, cl- it's pretty clear enough. he's voiced by will arnett who's job in arrested development oh well not that uh, but one of the great things about just being here and not working was catching up on a lot of culture, TV shows, et cetera. BoJack's been out for a while, and I've always missed it. People have recommended it to me. Um, I've always I started it and didn't really like it, and it, I think it takes like seven episodes to to really get good. It kind of starts off as just like a typical, you know, adult animated cartoon with crude jokes, a s- satire of Hollywood culture, but. It eventually gets really, really deep. I dare say the deepest 
emotionally of any television show currently playing really animated or not that's a big claim it is a bold claim nothing but bold claims here (laughs) (laughs) wow came here to play um yeah i i was second you on that alan i've been recommending bojack for for years and it's funny it starts off as like this silly like family guy type cartoon and then yeah like around like episode six or seven of the first season it like gets strikingly real like there's like this moment of like this kind of depressed existential depressive kind of moment and from then on the show just starts to hit on these really interesting like deep themes i mean really exploring depression um even things like asexuality like relationships like not just you know the fun happy or the dramatic stuff but like even like you know when both people are trying really hard and it's not working um, generational trauma, like it, it goes into all these topics that I feel is really progressive for a show. And I think because it's an animated show about talking animals, it can kind of hit these things in deeper and more cutting ways. And I think would be comfortable with like live action actors. Yeah. And there are also very good animal puns as, <laughs> as sight gags, but just, just as an example, um, I am a big thing of, or a big fan of when, form and substance really meld together. And I don't think it's too much of a spoiler, but in season three, I think season three or season four, there's one episode that's completely silent, but the, the theme of the episode or what's going on is him trying to figure out how to apologize to someone that he's wronged in the past. Um, and so it's just really formally interesting and stylistically interesting. In addition to all of the really meaty, uh, substance it gets into yeah okay well you guys know my number one criteria for trying to start a show is can i watch it before bed without having (laughs) weird or effed up dreams yes (laughs) you won't be scared but i I will say this that when i didn't know what i was gonna do with my life and was thinking which was weeks ago right which was weeks ago (laughs) didn't know if i'd be working Thought I was a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> watching a show about someone's like just existential despair didn't really help that much. <laughs> <laughs> but he's working through the despair. Exactly. He's, and yeah. yeah. And I think one thing that Jamin and I have talked about is it doesn't romanticize depression, which I think a lot of kind of mm. things about depression or sadness do. This really looks at it in a real and honest way. And it deals with the characters, you know, working through it and trying, you know, exploring generational trauma and trying and failing to, to deal with depression. Yeah. It's, it's a fantastic show. I highly recommend it. Oh, well I, uh, I actually just signed up for a free Netflix month because I think Cena, my brother-in-law canceled his Netflix account that we've been using or the password changed or whatever. No, what Netflix has been doing is they just enacted people off. They just enacted like, I think you can only have like two, two people watching at a time or something. Yeah. So I've, I've been mooching off of alan's account and the other day it was like you need to upgrade if you if you want to be watching like with four screens and i was like damn there's four people using alan's account right now (laughs) shoot i'm like i'm like santa claus with that shit (laughs) oh yeah alan isaac needs an hbo account by the way if you'd be down to share anyways um okay well jamin if you want to go in on a netflix account with me yeah let's do it yeah yeah okay we can figure this out (laughs) offline um all right i might do some bojack tonight we'll see Cool. All right, Gabe, what's uh, what's your number one quick pick? 
Um, well, mine is involves much less existential crises uh, than Alan, but it's one of my favorite things to start doing the last few weeks, which is uh, doing a weekly date night with Sarah. Um, it's not Sarah original Rose idea. Sarah Rose, who was featured on our last episode. That, that is true. Good uh, guys with feelings plug. <laughs> it all turns back on itself. Um, so anyways, obviously not original idea. It's like one of those do a date night is one of those pieces of advice that everyone says and is like the most obvious thing of all time. But despite that, we just never really did one until like the last two or three weeks. Um, and yeah, like Sarah and I are just both, I think a similar type of person, which is just, we're just not that great at carving out sort of like special relationship time like neither of us really care about valentine's day like we're not the most awesome birthday celebrators blah 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 um but and so for that reason i actually think it's been just really nice for us to just do a weekly night my favorite aspect of it is um we trade off like who's in charge of the night and so like there's no like negotiating like oh should we do this or should we do that (laughs) or any of that we just like it's one person's night and the other person just has to like show up and do whatever they want um so anyways just uh a simple little life relationship upgrade that's been awesome for us yeah what was the last date the last one was um we went to that restaurant gracias madre in weho um which i'd never been to at least not that one and then went to uh straw what's that bougie ice cream place salt 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 and straw straw. (laughs) yeah 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 we we have night and then the week before that when it was sarah's we went to go see black panther finally oh nice awesome i love the idea of like of yeah people trading off like who's kind of leading the night because i feel like so much of the stress on those nights is like well what what do you want to do do you feel like doing that Uh, i don't know like, yeah, it like ruins, it kills the whole vibe. Yeah, you take that out, and then it makes it exciting. I think for both people, like one person's like, "Oh, what am I gonna do?" And the other person's like, "Oh, what what are we? What adventure are we about to go on?" I have no idea, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's been that's been I think the key to the whole thing for us. That's cool. I love it. Great tip. Alrighty, Jamin, what you got? Okay, well, um, mine is also related to the world of dating, um, and. My quick tip is I think everyone should start setting up their friends, matchmaking, basically. Um, there have been, <laughs> there've been a, a few matchmaking experiences in the last few weeks, and I would like to share them with you now. <laughs> <laughs> um, the first one, I got uh, asked to help host an event at my last community house. So the, the big community house, the one that was a 38-person mansion. Um, we had a housemate there who, who's been looking for love for quite a while and, you know, has been striking out a little. So a few, few of our former housemates decided like, why don't we help her out by starting uh, a game show, a dating game show for her. So we hosted, uh, the bachelorette for (laughs) our housemate and with her permission, we got on her dating apps. We found four contestants, like four guys who were, who didn't know exactly what, it was going to be, but we told them like, it's going to be the craziest date of your life. There's going to, it's going to be a public event. There's going to be like, you know, an audience and they're going to be very supportive and very positive, but are you okay with this? And they were all down and they showed up and they found out that they were contestants on the bachelorette. And <laughs> we, um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. Alan was in the audience. It was, it was great. I, I would have gladly paid like 50 bucks to, <laughs> be in the audience the live real life bachelorette unscripted uh mostly i mean so the contestants were real and but we actually had this whole like all these rounds and these templates set up and i was like cueing sound and music 
it was really fun. Like, for example, round two was a speed dating round and we had each of them go on four different dates and, um, and they had like five minutes, you know, and I was like, all right, date number one begins now. And like all of a sudden Italian music came on and like people brought out like tables and chairs and like a candle light and a waiter was taking their drinks and pouring them wine. And they had like an Italian dinner date, a five minute date in front of the entire studio audience. <laughs> and then they so would really take the, you know, t- the tablecloth and the table away. And then it would like switch to another guy and they were like in the park and they would put a you know, picnic blanket down um, and just recreate the scene of a park. Very clever. Yeah. Then a yoga date. And like, yeah, it was like, we had a lot of like really fun things like that. Uh, One of the rounds was a phone, phone a friend round. And we had each of them like have a friend ready on the phone. And, and yeah. And so we, we would call them live and we'd basically be like, Hey, you know, you have 30 seconds to tell us why your friend would be like, you know, like an amazing partner and lover for Anne. And like, and they would like pitch their friend and they would, people would tell like these really sweet stories. And, um, it was really fun, sweet. It had like all these good vibes. The contestants were hilarious. Like there were so many like awesome moments. It was super fun. Um, and yeah. And so she's actually, she's, uh, I think she ended up going on her date. Uh, with the winner of the, of the show last week, and I think they're going to go on a second one. So oh, wow, yeah. So that was love blossoming. That was really. Aren't, fun. aren't you supposed to just get married at the end of those shows? Is that how yeah? It works you know, we're we're yeah. Well, maybe on the second one. Okay. <laughs> we got to we got to start start low. Um, but yeah, so that that happened, and that's an extreme example of setting up your friends, right? But um, in like the week since then, I also got set up. I personally got set up on a blind date by my friend, and uh, she's a professional matchmaker, uh, okaysasha.com, if you're interested. Um, and she actually set me up with like one of her good friends who she was like, you know, I think you guys would really get along. And it was a complete blind date. We didn't know each other's names or even what each other looked like um, going into it. And it was a really fun experience. Um, it didn't end up working out for us. Like I think we're both kind of looking for different things, but we had like two really fun dates and I think just like the process of like getting going on like this thing, like I feel like in the in the age of Tinder, we've lost like this kind of excitement and a little bit of this romance and like getting set up and like something about that just feels special and kind of different. And it's a fun experience, I think, regardless of uh, if it, you know, if you guys end up becoming soulmates or not. Um, yeah. And we think we have a third well, example. Yeah. What's the third example? <laughs> So recently, uh, I set up Alan with, uh, with a friend, a friend in the community. And I was like, you know what? I actually think, I think inspired by my previous blind dating experience, I was like, you know what? I want to, I want to pay it forward. And I was like, Alan, I think you'd get along with this, this girl. And so I set them up and they're going to go on a date tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to, to see how it turns out. We will be devoting the entire next Guys with Feelings episode to just the results of this. <laughs> Stay tuned. I, maybe I'll uh, live podcast the date for <laughs> diehard fan. Okay, but, here's yeah. Jamie. You got. I'm totally bought in. I'm totally like <laughs> matchmaking. Is, everyone loves being a matchmaker. It's like super fun. My problem is that all of the people that want like to be set up that I know in my life are women, and they want to be set up with men. Like my ratio is out of whack. Like, how do I solve for that? I just need more guy friends, I guess. You just need to set me and Alan up with, with okay. Alan. That's <laughs> you already know the vast majority of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
it definitely helps if you if you have like an extensive uh, network. Yeah. I think me being plugged into the community scene <laughs> in SF made made it a little easier for me to set up Alan. But I, I encourage everyone if you, if you if you think if you like sense like a little connection, like it's really easy to do. You you just ask both people like, hey, would you be down to be set up? And uh, and I from what I've seen, like most people are down. Like it's kind of exciting. It, it brings a sense of like adventure back into dating that I think is has kind of been lost. But I mean, don't take it from me. Like, Alan, how, how did you feel about it, about me setting you up? I felt great. <laughs> no, I'm, I was, I'm legitimately pretty excited about it. Um, you know, don't want to snitch on myself too much, but got some butterflies. Got some butterflies. <laughs> got some I think those count as feelings. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, cool. Great. I'm, I'm convinced. Just well, more guy friends. Yeah, tune in next episode for the live podcast with <laughs> Alan on on his uh, blind date. So, <laughs> all well, right, Alan, what is your second quick pick? Uh, my second quick pick. So, for for those who might remember from from the last time I was on the show, I expressed my dislike for podcasts and how <laughs> I hate podcasts. <laughs> Um, and you know, it's something that I'm, we got a lot of hate mail for that, by the way, I'm, I'm a lot of people just really, really a lot of people pissed, just agreed so. with me. And like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I didn't forward it to you cause it was just really <laughs> nasty, but it was, it, was, it was there. But yeah. So now that I'm commuting again, I was like, well, you know, maybe I should give podcasts another chance. Uh, you know, it's my playlist I've been listening to a lot, but I figured out I do like audiobooks mm. and specifically nonfiction audiobooks. I've only listened to one so far, and I'm like halfway through it, but so far, so good. Uh, Mating in Captivity by Esther Perel, yes. which is a book that I know a lot of the guys with feelings, fans, and the guys themselves are big proponents of. And, you know, it was one of those books that I just never picked up and had time to, to read, and I figured it'd be perfect uh, to knock out while I'm driving, and I've really been enjoying it. Do you guys want to add anything since I know you both read it. I mean, you can't go wrong with really amazing relationship and romantic advice combined with like an amazing Belgian accent that Esther <laughs> has. It just it's like a win-win. Her if you're going to listen to any book on audiobook versus uh reading it, I think maybe captivity is it. The erotic. Yeah. <laughs> her, her accent is great. But for people who aren't familiar, um, Jamin, do you want to give like a quick synopsis of some of the themes it touches on or? Yeah. I mean, so I'll just say, I think, um, Esther Perel is really interesting because I, I feel like she gives dating advice that for a lot of people, I think might run counter to like what you've always heard. Yeah. And I think that in and of itself provides a lot of value because it just makes you, reconsider everything from a fresh new perspective. Um, and one of the main things that she really hits upon is like the, the diff that dichotomy or the difference between um, like intimacy and closeness and also like uh, mystery and passion and, and how those two can actually be at odds with each other. And I think, you know, a lot of like the standard dating or relationship advice is like, oh, if you guys are having trouble like in the bedroom or if the passion is gone, like you just need more intimacy. You guys just need to tell each other more things. You just need to be closer. And she actually like pushes back against that and provides like some really interesting examples and some explorations. And and just I think like bringing this idea of like of like trying to keep both sides like alive, which is like, yes, you want that intimacy and closeness and you still want like a healthy distance and, and some mystery and, and your own independence and like kind of like 
own lives going on. Um, and, and she dives into a whole bunch of other things, um, from that too. But yeah, I know Gabe was, was the one who kind of actually turned me on to that. And, um, you know, you got a lot out of the book as well. Yeah. I just thought it was tremendous. I really recommend it pretty widely. Um, I just think like a lot of these issues around like relationships and physical intimacy are just probably like under discussed because they're like sensitive, awkward topics to talk Mm -hmm. about. And so I think like finding a great book that, um, gives a really honest exploration of them in a Belgian accent is like a, (laughs) it's like only upside. Um, and you know, I think it's really interesting. It's like sort of written at least like quasi explicitly for folks that are in long-term monogamous relationships. Like that's sort of the frame of the book is Mm -hmm. mating quote unquote in captivity. But, um, I think it's the fact that both of you, like neither of you have been in sort of like long-term monogamous relationships recently, like also really got a lot out of it, I think is, um, is sort of a testament to it's like, it has just a lot of universal themes, um, that I think are really, um, yeah, folks can get a lot out of to like sort of no matter where you are in your relationship journey. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. And I think she also has a podcast too, right? Gabe, you've been writing. Oh yeah. Where, where should we begin? Yeah. It's, it's also excellent. It's, it's clips of her, um, of her actual sessions with folks. Like she obviously doesn't use their names at all. Um, but it's pretty, I don't know. I find it a pretty fascinating thing to get to like sort of sit in as a fly on the wall in people's real, um, counseling sessions with, she seems to be just a very talented therapist, um, relationship therapist. And she picks like really interesting couples with the widest possible range of issues and challenges um, and things they're there to work through. So definitely. Awesome. That. So the podcast is called, where should we begin? Um, and you find it probably on any of your podcasting services. Cool. Uh, Gabe, what is your number two quick pick? Um, so mine is board game that I think the three of us all love, which is code names. Um, mm-hmm was thinking about it, you know, we've been playing for a while. I forget which one of you sort of first brought it into our crew, but was thinking about it recently because we had my my brother's bachelor party uh, in Vancouver uh, last weekend, which was awesome. Um, but then the our last night there, uh, he started feeling like pretty nauseous while we were out to dinner. So we had all these plans to go out, but then it was like, okay, like Isaac's not feeling well, so let's just go back to the house and chill. And... Mm-hmm. Luckily, we had code names on us, and we just wanted to play code names for three hours, and it was just an awesome time. And I was like, "Oh, this is this is a really excellent board game for almost all occasions." It's basically for folks that haven't played it. It's basically a mix between Taboo and Battleship, um, but as a team game. Um, I don't know. That's how I would describe it. It's just really, really fun, simple. You can play it for twenty minutes, or you can play it for two or three hours and just have a great time. So big fan of board games in general and uh and code names is a great one yeah, yeah i agree with that i second that i also played code names for many hours on a recent bachelor party <laughs> i guess that's the move now yeah. um, dude we thought we were being like counterculture but it, apparently we're just totally cliche no, go, everyone plays code names the bachelor party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a great game um alan i know you're you're a huge fan of board games you've been playing anything lately yeah so as a last hurrah before going back to work, uh, <laughs> I had some friends in town, and we ended up playing this game called Time Stories for like 10 hours in a row. Um, I've always really wanted to play Dungeons and & Dragons, and kind of, you know, as an adult, a little sad that I didn't have that in my childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, Are we too old I think to I, play it now? 
I don't know, but it's just too hard. It's difficult. It takes a lot of time. It's super time consuming. That's the thing. Okay. And you need a dungeon master to like lead you through it. You know, (laughs) Um, there's a lot of things that are preventing me from having my D&D experience. (laughs) Uh, However, I I think I've had like a new interest in board games now. And I used to think they were really lame and for nerds. Uh, And Time Stories is a board game that you can only play once. It's a story-based game, and it involves uh, role-playing as a time traveler who goes back in time, and there's just different scenarios that you purchase. Um, and you solve these mysteries by rolling die and doing actions. Uh, and it's really fun. It's like a live act. It's it's like a board game mixed with an escape room, mixed with some light role-playing. Um, I would highly recommend it. I saved uh, a young woman from zom- zombie apocalypse <laughs> wow. uh, by matching her DNA with like a DNA scanner and rolling die. Shit's crazy. Man. <laughs> um, I'm very impressed. Yeah. And, and there were like eight to 10 out, right? Like are they all, I think we played one once, right? And it was like an eight hour journey. Yeah. It, it's, it's a marathon. It takes a while. And you have to like remember stuff that happened before too. Cause part of the premise is that time is going to run out. And then you're going to have to repeat the same scenario over and over, but get more efficient and like use the things that you've learned Ah. from the past uh, when you're repeating it. Awesome. That sounds great. Time stories. Time stories. Check that out. Check it out at your local board game, comic book store, (laughs) (laughs) amazon.com. And referral link. Use Alan's referral link. I like how Alan talks about, talks about nerds like they're other people. Yeah, <laughs> the third person. <laughs> I, I mean, I've accepted it now, but there's definitely a, a phase in my life where I was in denial. <laughs> you are a resident culture expert and resident nerd and resident lawyer. <laughs> all kind of the same. same, same thing. Um, all righty, Jamin, last one. What you got? All right, this one. This one's a doozy. Super controversial, but I recommend. For all you folks out there who enjoy who enjoy music, who enjoy live music, go and, go and enjoy the festivals, um, you guys should all get concert earplugs. So these are basically a special kind of earplug that you can buy, you know, put in your ear holes that instead of like muffling like all sound the way normal earplugs do, they'll take out certain frequencies that are really harmful and also um, Basically reproduce, I mean, it'll keep the audio intact, but just bring it down to a safe level for your ears. And I guarantee you, like every music venue you go to, that shit is doing permanent damage to your ears. Um, the, the sound levels at any show, any festival are absurdly high. And, you know, like when you're leaving the show, you kind of have that ringing in your ears for a little while. Like, that's not good. <laughs> and maybe it's just me getting older, but... These kinds of things, like I remember hearing about stuff like this because I, I would have musician friends and a lot of people who work at, on shows, like helping set up stages and stuff. You'll see them wearing that stuff, but I was always like, "Eh, that that doesn't look cool." Like I'm fine, you know. But I think I'm getting to an age where I'm like, actually, I I want to retain my hearing and I don't want to get tinnitus, which is like literally that ringing in your ears. Like imagine if you, that never went away, ever. That would be um, annoying. And it's easy for that to happen with, with live music shows. So highly recommend getting a pair of concert earplugs. Um, they're like, I'm sure you can get them from between 20 to $40 on Amazon if you just search for them. And uh, and like when they slip into your ears, like they're invisible. Like a lot of them are, are like 
are kind of see-through material. Like you're not going to, no one's going to notice you wearing earplugs. Um, and you'll actually probably be able to hear your friends talking and you'll probably be able to hear the music even better and kind of with more clarity with them on. So highly recommended. Just in time for Coachella weekend too. <laughs> Who's an official sponsor of this now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I actually, I actually thought of it because me and Alan were just at an event last week where our friends were DJing um, at this venue in San Francisco. And afterwards, Alan was like, man, my ears. And I was like, I was like, oh, I, I'm not experiencing any problems as I popped out my concert earplugs and winked. I, no, no idea. <laughs> so smooth. Wow. Wow. All right. Yeah. I probably, I don't know the last time I went to a show, but it, next time I go to one. Yeah, Gabe doesn't go to shows that. all the time. Well, maybe you're in your well, next so, date night. Yeah, maybe date night. So, yeah, yeah. No, so so Jamin's reached this sort of like dad phase where he's like worried about his hearing. I've reached the dad <laughs> phase where I'm just like not even going to shows anymore. And trying to actually become a dad. So. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> like actual dad actual phase. Actual dad phase. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and making dad jokes and posting them on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Gabe's making... Gabe, okay, so Gabe doesn't post on Facebook very often. And when he does, it's usually like something really thoughtful. Maybe something like, yeah. Very boring. Really about housing policy. Yeah, something about improving the world. And the other day, he, he, he posted a Facebook post. Do you remember what it was, Alan? It was like, um, I left my tea in too long and paid a steep, steep price. <laughs> and I, I saw that and I was like, I did a double take. I was like, did, did Gabe just, Gabe just make a tea pun? Did he just dad joke all over his Facebook wall? Like, and, uh, and yes, it was actually him. He didn't get his account hacked and he, he racked up a ton wait, of, wait, before yeah. th- he posted this before going on a retreat where he <laughs> wouldn't have reception. So he had no way of tracking his social media analytics <laughs> for a whole weekend. Amateur hour. Back. Then he came back and 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 he had like so many likes and comments, like probably more than anything else. He's triple digits. No more New York Times articles for me. Only <laughs> triple, senseless triple stupid comments likes. about my like vapid comments about random things. In my life. That's <laughs> let what that the be a lesson. Want. Let that be as your cultural expert. <laughs> yeah. Let that be a lesson to you. We've done this to ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our quick picks and to the end of this show. But before we leave, let's tell the audiences where they can keep up with us online. Alan, as our guest with feelings, where can people find you on the internet? I'm at Twitter at, at Alan I, but I don't post much. <laughs> um, I'm no Gabe. No Gabe. But you can find me there. Awesome. And Gabe, where can people find you? Yeah, also Twitter at Gabe Rose. That's the main place right now. How about you? Yeah, you can find me at, uh, on Twitter at Jamin underscore ye and my website, jaminye.com. And yeah, you can find all episodes of Guys With Feelings at guyswithfeelings.co. Shoot us an email at guyswithfeelingsshow at gmail.com. If you've got any quick picks of your own, we'd love to hear them. Music for the podcast is by Broke for Free. And if you're feeling generous or not, leave us a review. And... Yeah, that'll do it for this episode. Until next time, we hope everyone out there is able to embrace the lows, celebrate the highs, and appreciate the messy journey in between. We'll see you guys next time.